welcome to another episode of Managing Well. I'm your host, Tanya Ladipo, and I'm so excited to be in conversation with Giovanne Lane today. Giovanne Lane is a global diversity, equity, and inclusion manager with over 15 years of experience as a scientist. In her role, Giovanne is a dynamic innovator who activates the strategic evolution of GSK's inclusive culture within pharma and R&D. Giovanne, welcome. I'm really excited to be in conversation with you. Thanks, Tanya. I'm really excited to be here. Great. Let me kind of start us actually, so listeners can kind of understand how we met. We met on a panel. We were talking about how to kind of instill trust in the workplace, and we were both panelists um, in that conversation. And you were talking about the work that you've been doing at GSK, which was just really, uh, it was really surprising to me, honestly, as, as a research you know, company, um, the way that you were weaving in empathy. In, in the workplace. And so I'm, I'm curious, especially a pharmaceutical company, <laughs> you know, I think it, it was surprising to me, it might be surprising for others um, to hear the emphasis of developing empathy amongst employees at a pharmaceutical company. And so I'm curious to kind of hear more about what led GSK to, to focus on this mm-hmm. and, and your role in that. For sure. Yeah. So when when you take a step back and think about um, pharmaceuticals and research, you have to understand that at the heart of it, all of our employees have some level of empathy, right? Because we're looking to focus on the patients that we're serving ultimately at the end of the pipeline of our drugs. And so when we think about empathy and internalize it into our organization, um, it was a bit of a change or like a step change when we're now focusing on self and focusing on our coworkers when we're thinking about empathy. Um, And so what I realized about needing to create change within our organization was needing to kind of get at the base level behaviors of the individual employee um, so that they're thinking in a different way when it comes to DEI, but not necessarily be in your face when it comes to DEI, right? So it's kind of like, okay, how can we focus on base level behaviors that everybody needs? So Mm -hmm. empathy is one very big skill that we all need, that we all use within our day to day. And so by focusing on that, having that be uh, something that we're pulling out and really um, pulling through across the organization, it then allowed for our employees to think differently, to engage with one another differently, um, and also put into practice what we normally think about when we're thinking about our patient, but thinking about it in the context of our day-to-day work. You know, you said a couple of things that I just want to pull out, you know, to not kind of, uh, you were saying, you know, focusing on empathy and not kind of hitting, um, focusing on empathy because it impacts everybody, right? Not just from a DEI perspective. And I, I wanted to kind of tease that out because I think, um, especially these days, people hear diversity, equity, and inclusion, and they have lots of thoughts about it. <laughs> and Absolutely. to your point of, but empathy is something we all need, Um to have that skill and to exercise the skill and practice the skill, um, regardless of kind of whatever initiatives we're doing, right? But just as kind of a, a human interaction skill that's needed. And so, 
and I keep coming back to this because you are you are a scientist and because you know GSK is a pharmaceutical company to me it, in in a really powerful thoughtful smart way um it's a bit groundbreaking in my opinion mm-hmm. to have to have a pharmaceutical company put resources and attention to their internal employees and talent Mm -hmm. to focus on their interactions Mm -hmm. when the company is designed to make, you know, medicine and drugs for people's physical health. And so I just, how, how did, how did you, how did the company, I understand that need as a human, Mm -hmm. but from a business perspective, how did, how did the company decide like you know what actually we're gonna we are going to put our resources mm-hmm. internal in addition to what we're doing yeah yes definitely so um we we definitely had the buy-in from our leadership to um get to a place of belonging where dei is business as usual and so by giving me the opportunity to kind of think outside of the box and how we would get to eventually belonging in our organization, I came across um, a couple of different resources. One was um, this mobile application called Jago, mm-hmm. and that's spelled J-A-A-G-O. And so it was all about storytelling and building that empathy muscle. So it was it, it was an article that I read all about empathy and in bringing empathy into an organization. And so I kind of rabbit holed into, well, what is this Jago app? So I went, I downloaded the app and I reached out to the founder and he got back to me within minutes. Mm. And so I loved that engagement and customer service mm-hmm. from the founder. Um, and his name is uh, Kevin and um, Kevin Shaw. And so he reached out to me and kind of talked to me a little bit more about the idea behind empathy and why it's important to have that in an organization. And I was fully bought in. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved the app because it's something that you log on to for like three minutes out of the day. You watch a story that somebody puts into the the app. And then you, it's kind of like a gamification where you go through some, a series of like three questions to answer, um, you know, how do you think this person felt while living the experience that they shared? How do you think that they felt when they were telling the story? And it kind of goes down that path so that you can kind of see if your thoughts of how they felt match with how they actually felt Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. you then get a score and it's kind of like a a fun way Mm -hmm. of building and strengthening that empathy muscle and so I was like oh this is so cool I really love this idea how might I be able to bring it into my organization of course um, having employees download a mobile application is a bit of a, um, a bit of a challenge, I'll say, because, you know, they don't necessarily want to download something extra on their personal Mm -hmm. device that Mm -hmm. is for work. So the way that we um, then 
rethought about how to kind of bring empathy into the organization was at least to have a empathy 101 session. So we invited Kevin and his co-founder to come and just give a base level mm -hmm. understanding of what empathy is mm -hmm. and why we need to be thinking about it in the context of everyday working experiences and relationships. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how that whole thing started. But then we went on a journey for a full year after the fact. So I want to say that they came in September, October timeframe in 2021. And then in 2022, we did a full year of empathy development, where we were able to um, have some empathy influencers who raised their hand that said mm -hmm. that they wanted to um, help bring the organization along on this empathy journey. And we trained them to deliver um, empathy stretch sessions. And that's a tongue twister, empathy <laughs> stretch sessions. And so, um, you know, they went back into their parts of the organization to take their colleagues on a journey through empathy on various dimensions of diversity. So mm -hmm. um, gender, when you grew up, how did you see gender from, you know, the early stages of your life um, to now and just kind of just sharing and storytelling. I think that storytelling is something that really, really helps with the DEI space period mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it allows you to walk in the other person's shoes mm -hmm. and see things from their perspective. Mm -hmm. You know, I love, I love, I love how so much of what you're saying, really kind of thinking about the journey you're talking about and yeah. some of the challenges and how you overcame the challenges. Um, in the reality, people are busy and don't yeah. want to necessarily put work things on their personal phone. Mm -hmm. um, but that this is a journey and it, and it takes time. And the idea I was thinking, I, I was talking to a, another guest for a different episode and she was talking, we're talking about kind of being joyful at work and how to cultivate that. And she was talking about inside out work, right? That's what I'm thinking. Dr. Natalie Nixon was talking about it's inside out work, like the yeah. work that you have to do internally as an individual to then bring forth what you can deliver to the organization, to the team, to the actual mm -hmm. work. And so I'm thinking about that in relation to when you're talking yep. about empathy, when you can understand somebody else's perspective, especially somebody who has lived experiences that you don't have, when you have a different or new awareness, maybe different too, um, I'm just thinking of the, the trickle effect of that, of yeah. how you might interact with colleagues differently because maybe you understand a little bit more about their mm -hmm. story how you might be thoughtful in a different way about the the drug that you're producing, right? Exactly. In terms of like, oh, wait, how is this going to help this population that I never thought of? Because we're only looking at this population over here. And mm -hmm. so like these, these micro moments, that's when you're talking like it's a three minute, you know, story, these micro moments done on a daily, regular basis, like builds momentum to have a huge impact. Exactly. Um, and it's about getting the hearts and minds of people, right? Um, and creating those micro moments, like you're saying. Um, I think that that's how we are going to be able to shift the culture 
of any organization is to get to the hearts and minds, creating those micro moments, helping people understand who they're sitting next to mm-hmm. um, on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, building that trust through empathy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm curious um, because GSK is a global company um, and headquartered in Britain. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Um, and so I am kind of curious if you've noticed any regional differences um, or surprises just in terms of the implementation um, of really kind of bringing empathy into the workplace in, in these really tangible ways. And when I say differences mm-hmm. and surprises um, in the implementation and the engagement in the response, like kind of anything that... Um, yeah. I, I I probably would say, um, yes, there there is a difference um, because oftentimes when I do speak to colleagues that are based in the UK, um, they more so are just there to get the work done. They don't want to bring in, you know, their personal lived experience into the conversation. They just don't see that as being something that is of importance. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. when they engage with, you know, the inclusion dialogues or the empathy stretch sessions, they then find and have a, 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 a better appreciation of why we're having these conversations. Um, so it is expanding their mindset to understand these are conversations that we really need to have to make that human connection. And if we want to make a human connection to the patients, we also need to make a human connection to our colleagues and our leaders as well. Um, we're all humans. We're all coexisting together ultimately trying to get to that, you know, blockbuster drug that's going to help billions of people Mm -hmm. across the world. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's like, um, it's almost like kind of a taking down of walls, you know, the idea that you come to work and you leave the rest of you outside of the working walls. I think the past few years, you know, a lot of us have realized that's not, (laughs) that's not the case. Like you bring you bring all of you to work <laughs> um, and all of the joys and all the challenges and all the problems. And so to your point, to, to think that you can only come to work and just focus on work, I don't think has ever been true. I think right. you know, we, there's now we're kind of in an environment where there's more acceptance of kind mm-hmm. of, of that, of that reality. Yeah, um, for sure. For sure. And I think that when leaders, um, act out, you know, being empathetic, being vulnerable, like that's when we're able to um, really get farther along on the objectives that we do have. So um, that that's like the right mix is when we have leaders that are thinking about, you know, how am I showing up? Am I being inclusive? Am I considering everyone? knowing and understanding, you know, that this person doesn't need the same per- same thing as that person. Um, and so kind of catering your, your leadership to mm-hmm. the individual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, 
I'm listening to you talk about, you know, people wanting vulnerable leaders and we're talking about empathy and we're talking about all of, um, we're talking about concepts that traditionally have been considered quote unquote soft skills, um, which I think is interesting because those are some of the hardest skills to learn and demonstrate. Um, And so there's been this shift in what we're requiring of our leaders, what we're requiring of of our our employees. We talk about showing up as your full authentic self and we talk about leaders being vulnerable. Um, And so again, from kind of your scientist research lens in a pharmaceutical company, those seems like those don't, it seems it would, it would, on the surface, it would appear as those, those concepts don't connect. And you're saying very clearly that they do connect, which I I believe as well, but that they're connecting within your industry, which is, I would say unusual. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you think about like your typical scientist, you probably think that they're, you know, not somebody that has good people skills or can engage, they're introverted. But, um, you know, we, we have folks here that run the gamut of different personality types. So, um, you know, you can't, def- you can't think that um, everybody at our organization thinks one dimension one dimensionally um and on top of that like this is a big business so we have folks that are in finance and in marketing and you know so there's more than just the science aspect the research aspect um and how we try to help our leaders to be more thoughtful about those soft skills. Mm -hmm. Another thing that we do is diverse reverse mentoring. Mm -hmm. So when a leader wants to, you know, be more inclusive, not only do they have an opportunity to um, engage in conversations amongst other leaders and employees, across their own businesses, they're also able to be matched with individuals, creating that safe space of trust, the circle of trust, Mm. to have conversations about um, different dimensions of diversity and um, other perspectives. So they'll be able to hear from folks with um, you know, different lived experiences, different learned experiences and backgrounds than their own so that they can then open their thoughts and ideas to understanding from a different l- cultural lens, how they need to be thinking about their leadership. So really, you, you know, you use the word di- diverse, reverse mentoring intentionally seeking mentors, not based on level within the organization, right? Right. But on the kind of cultural diversity um, experiences that leaders can learn and speak to Mm -hmm. others about so that they can increase their own understanding. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're doing a really special thing at GFK, honestly, like when I do speak on panels, like the one that we were on and I share the different things that we're doing at our organization, it's 
it comes to us as a surprise to some folks like, well, wait a minute, what are you all doing over there? We need to kind of hear from you and understand how we can implement those things. Um, I, like you said in my bio, I'm a very innovative, creative person. I think outside of the box, I want everybody to go on this journey mm -hmm. um, and feel like they can come to work and truly belong, like feel like they belong, like they can bring their authentic selves to work and be accepted. Mm -hmm. um, and however we can get there by any means necessary, let's do it. <laughs> and it sounds like you, you know, you and GSK are on this journey to make that, that change. Just yeah. how you said you want everybody to be able to come to work and truly feel like they belong. That means that the work environment has to be receptive to different perspectives exactly. and experiences. And so right. the work you're doing with empathy helps strengthen that skill, right? Mm -hmm. So that the workplace exactly. then is more accepting yeah. and comfortable. Yeah, because we can have all of these aspirations to have diverse individuals come into our organization, but if we don't have a culture that accepts them, that they feel like they belong, they're going to leave and then we're going to have to manage attrition data and understand how best we can retain the diverse talent that we do have. So like if we maintain a culture that isn't inclusive, we're going to lose out on really good talent, really good diverse talent. Um, so we need to be thinking differently, acting differently. A hundred percent. And we see that in our other organizations, right? It's the revolving mm -hmm. door. Like they might have yeah. a great hiring rate, but then to your point, what does the attrition, attrition look like? Um, exactly. Which is which is really wasteful of talent, time, and dollars. Exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm thinking of the, the humility that um, I'm attributing to leaders who, who say there's things I don't know mm -hmm. and I need to learn to leaders who want to participate in, in diverse reverse mentoring um, to leaders who will say, okay, this is not how I came up in the business world. Let's try yeah. something new with this empathy at work. Like, they're, you know, they're, they're, you know, I feel like the, the, the cultural shift in how we do business mm -hmm. and in how we do business in the workplace. Um, I think we're at a point of leaders who are embracing the change on whatever level of the spectrum that is, because change is hard, <laughs> yeah. but to be able to say, I, I don't know, and let's try some new ways of doing this. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I see empathy and Kevin, Kevin calls um, empathy a superpower. So it's absolutely something that you have to um, see as a superpower and also see as something that is like a muscle that needs to be built consistently over time. And, you know, when leaders understand that when they're vulnerable, like, we know it's in the data that, you know, you'll get more um, productivity out of your your employees, yes. you'll create spaces where people feel psychologically safe to challenge or bring up, you know, different ideas and just have a better environment of working and getting goals met and thinking outside of the box. Like it all, all of it comes together. It all converges. Yes. You know, it does. empathy, psychological safety, all of these things are needed for a company and a leader to be successful. 
ultimately the bottom line is affected by it. Yes. You know, the data is out there. No, you're absolutely right. And it affects how people work together internally. But then also to your point with the bottom line, it dramatically impacts the service or product that you're able to deliver, right? Absolutely. Which impacts yeah. impacts the bottom line. You know, I, I think um, just how, how poignant it is to be able to really take all of these lessons and put them, put them into action, right? So that it's not just an idea, but it's something that we're practicing on a regular basis. You know, one of the things about, you know, people, you talk about empathy, um, kind of the, the ability to kind of feel with another and um, to be able to communicate that. It doesn't mean that we will always get along. <laughs> you know, I think I want to kind of bring that reality. It does not mean we will always get along. Mm -hmm. It does not mean we will always agree. But your point, Giovanna, about psychological safety is that when we can share our perspectives and experiences without being judged, without fear of retribution, then we can challenge like mm -hmm. in a really healthy way. Like, I don't think yeah. that's the best idea. I don't think it's going to produce the best drug. I don't think that's going to produce the best result. This is why. Let's look at this. Mm -hmm. You've got that engagement. You've got that um, helpful friction, right? Constructive mm -hmm. friction because we're trying to make this better. Yeah. Um, as yep. opposed to just saying, yes, 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 we'll keep going. Exactly. And, that and so, yeah. And like, think about, think about like a, a organization that is psychologically safe. And then you put on top of that, the diversity of thought at the table yes. and all of the things that you have an opportunity to potentially do with all of that in the room. Like it, it's just amazing. And hopefully we get there one day. Yeah, I see your smile. I'm feeling the same way. Like it's amazing. Yeah. It's exciting, right? Because, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm guess sensing from you. I know I've had the experience of like when you are in those rooms and you have, yeah. I remember being with my team and, you know, I had four of them telling me uh, that is not at all what I heard, Tanya. And I was like, but I heard it this way. And then I heard all of them and I was like, okay, even though I heard it this way, I'm hearing everything that you're saying. Mm -hmm. So let's go with that. Like, there's this this energy, this kind of mm -hmm. exciting engagement of like, ooh, I'm wrong. Tell me more. Like, yeah, it, you know, it's not just like everything has to be the way we've always done it. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't have the people at the table with diverse experiences who are then feeling, when I say psychologically safe, that it's not going to impact their career negatively. Right. Um, when they are in a space where they can truly speak up and contribute and not just be a rubber stamp, like that's when the magic happens. It, it, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. This is such, um, this has been such a joy <laughs> in <laughs> talking to you. And I'm kind yeah. of curious, um, I have a couple of questions. If there's anything kind of in particular you want to share with, with our listeners before I can I ask a final question? Um, the only thing that I would probably share is to always think how you can do something differently. Um, think outside the box. So one thing that I would probably share with your listeners is to take something and see how you can think about it in a different way. Mm. Um, 
think of the art of the possible, right? Like outside of the box mm. thinking, how you might be able to kind of turn something on its head and create something that is amazing that you probably didn't initially think about um, when it comes to DEI, when mm -hmm. it comes to putting a program in place um, or delivering a resource for uh, your leaders or employees within your organization, just, um, you know, try to think differently. I love that. I love that point. I think kind of to close, I'm always curious when I talk to people, what is one thing that you wish you knew earlier in your career? That is a really good question. Um, so one thing that I wish I knew earlier on in my career was to trust in my skill set mm. and what I bring to the table and then also to think about it from the perspective of transferable skills and how I might be able to utilize the skills that I currently have and take it somewhere else beyond what I've mm -hmm. ever imagined before as far as my career path is concerned. Um, so that's something that I'm I'm really keen to focus on. And when somebody asks me about, you know, well, how did you get to where you are today, Giovanni? I talk to them about how I was able to leverage my transferable skills and talk about it in a different way to highlight how I could show up in a different role. So actually, I know I said that was my final question, but would you mind sharing that with us? Would you mind sharing how you did leverage your skills as a scientist to where you are today? Yeah, for sure. So um, for instance, one thing that as a scientist I was doing was developing cell-based assays. So it's kind of like writing a recipe or developing a project or a program. So you have to have, you know, all of the steps in place mm -hmm. and all of the um reagents and you know measurements all put together so it's kind of like a project manager right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. making sure you have everything all of the pieces that you need to put into place and so kind of talking about how as a scientist this is what i do to develop an assay it's it's a program manager or a project manager type role and kind of talking about, you know, the things that I was able to do to, you know, think about how I'm going to get to the end result for my test um, and kind of talk about it from a project manager or a program manager's perspective, right? Or um, I've, I've been involved in the steering committee for ERGs, so mm -hmm. an employee resource group. So developing um, engagement sessions mm -hmm. and how I was able to do that for the members of our ERG, but then also how I could also take those skills that I was using to build a engagement session for students or our members and how I can then transfer it and use it in a role in the talent program management space or in a DEI space to engage with employees across our organization. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what I mean. So you can you can take the technical and you know make it um, into something that is transferable for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You just have to think think about it in a different way. 
I'm glad you just said that because as you were talking, I was thinking this is exactly what you were saying earlier. Like, how mm-hmm. do you think about what you're doing in your career in a, in a different way? Perhaps it doesn't, nobody's career is linear. People talk right. about it like it is, but nobody's is, right? <laughs> um, and so being really thoughtful and intentional to your point of how can I move in places I want to move into with the skills that I have. Exactly. And another thing that... Um, a woman shared with me, she's actually um, the leader of my team now. Um, she shared with me that, you know, don't necessarily look at roles to aspire to. Mm. Look at skills that you mm-hmm. can put in your toolkit that can take you to more than just that one role that you're looking at. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was so profound, like, duh, why didn't I think of that? But it's so like it, it really makes a lot of sense. It does. It really, yeah. it really does. I was, I was talking to somebody who at some point in their career, um, I think they became an executive assistant and, you know, their, their peers were like, wait, why are you taking that position? And she was really clear because I'm going to learn a lot from working with this person and in yeah. this role. And so I'm taking this position. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she took that skill, those skills and, and kind of went in the direction perhaps people would have expected her to go. Um, but she was very intentional of like, this isn't, some people might see this as a detour. This is not a detour. This is right. gathering more skills and experience that I need. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Javon, thank you so much for, for sharing your passion and just the work that that you are doing with GSK, I think it is so innovative and so possible, so practical. You know, it's not pie in the sky. Um, and so I really, really kind of appreciate you sharing everything that you've been doing, um, continuing to do, as you said, on this journey to really developing empathy in the workplace in a way that is going to have tangible and meaningful results for the culture and employees, and then ultimately for the products that you produce. So thank you so much. Wow. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Tanya. I always enjoy our conversation. Likewise. Likewise. Thank you for listening to Managing Well. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to learn more about today's episode, go to theladipogroup.com slash podcast for a worksheet on today's episode. A special thanks to my podcast team and the Ladipo Group who supports this show. Managing Well is produced and edited by Black Faves Brand Studio. I'm your host, Tanya Ladipo. If you have any questions or topics you want to discuss, email me at managingwellpodcast at theladipogroup.com.